Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. words. So we are very, very excited today. We're always excited to get yeah. together and talk about books and writing, but we're extra excited today because we have two wonderful guests with us. We have Rachel Schroeder and Amy Whitehouse with us. And this is a mother-daughter duo, which is really fun and exciting. And Rachel is a dear friend of Laura and mine since high school. Um, so we've known her for a long time and known her mom as well. And now her mom has written a debut, her debut book, her memoir, Out of the Vortex. And so we are going to talk about this book today and kind of together discuss writing and the journey of writing a memoir. So thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Rachel, I wanted to start with you since you're the one who recommended doing this book. Do you mind talking about why you chose this and why it connected with you? Well, um, first of all, I am just so proud of my mom for the journey of writing her memoir and also for her years of sobriety. It obviously changed my life that she has um, had so many years of sobriety and has made the daily choice to choose that. Um, but her writing her story means that I get her story in her words. And I'm so, so grateful for that. So that's my number one reason that I love this book. Um, but I also love to have any memoir because I love to have someone's story in their own words. I love their picture of their life and what they choose to share of their life, I think is really so meaningful. Um, this one in particular, I think the writing is really sharp. Mm -hmm. I think it's really evocative. It tells what it's like to be a child growing up in the South. I particularly love, um, my mom has has put a soundtrack for each chapter. Yes, so, <laughs> we were um, gonna mention that, so good. So there's a song for each one and that really puts you in the time and in the mood for each chapter. So even if storytelling or words are not your medium, maybe the song will get you in that place. So I just think it really tells the story and I love that about it. And I think that's really different. Not every memoir does that. A lot of memoirs have pictures and this does too. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's something, there's a medium for, for almost everybody. Um, that gets yeah. you really into the story and into what it's like to be this little girl and this young woman growing up. I love it. I loved that as well. If we, if you don't mind us talking about the music, um, yeah. because I, it was something that I connected with. It puts it both in context of time and also feeling. Um, Amy, how did you approach connecting with those songs or did it did it come as you were considering the parts that you were that you were writing I'm trying to remember when it first came to me to try it for instance the song won't you come home Bill Bailey was a song that we sang around the piano when I was a little child yeah. and you know as an adult I look at the words and the, what the song is about and it's kind of horrifying <laughs> that that that's what we were growing up singing but it, it fit. And I don't know, I think I growing up in the 60s and 70s, I, I just can't help but feel like I had the best music 
I agree. <laughs> of anybody. So and um, so it was just really fun to mm-hmm. come up with a song that would. So, oh, I remember now. So what I wanted to do was use a lyric for each chapter. Oh. But then I found out I couldn't do that unless I got permission. It was complicated and it was going to be expensive. Sure. And it was going to be very time consuming. So what I found out was that I could just use a title of a song and that was okay, but not mm-hmm. a lyric. That's how it worked out. Anyway, it was but, really fun. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely <laughs> seen people use quotes at the beginning of chapter, but I've never seen someone reference a song at the beginning of chapter like that. And it was just great. Like it set you in that mood and um, that time, like Rachel said, and yeah, it was very unique to do that. I loved it. Well, thanks. You also um, structured the book as kind of a series of vignettes, a series of just short um, stories and pictures. They're all, they read very quickly, but they're all packed with uh, just so much visceral like place and time and, um, and emotion too. And I just, I loved that they were so consumable, like in these short vignettes. And yet it's, it felt like a little bit of a different structure than a typical memoir. And so I'm curious about what, how you chose that and how that came about. Well, I don't think I had the structure in mind necessarily. I've always loved memoirs. And as I would read memoirs over the decades, I would find myself writing down things that happened from my growing up years. Mm -hmm. And then one time I heard about a memoir writing course. So I signed up for it and then I was on my way. But as far as short chapters, yeah, I don't, I guess my goal was to not have any words that weren't necessary. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the style that I was after. Yeah, it absolutely and, um, reads that way, like yeah. boiled down. Thank you. I And as Bethany said, it was something that when I sat down, I couldn't stop reading it because it flowed one into the next so well. And it, it was just um you get that feeling that there isn't anything there except the things that needed to be was that hard for you I know like for a lot of writers that's hard to cut stuff out and to to delete you know to kill kill your babies like Stephen King says and I'm curious how that was well it's similar it's similar with visual art uh yeah we talk about killing your darlings and in painting also you know you might have a little part of a painting that's so cool but as a whole it's not helping the whole painting Mm -hmm. and you have to paint over it and that's really painful (laughs) sometimes but honestly I mean I spent the last so it took me about eight years to get this book done and the last year was on editing I wouldn't say it was too hard because I wanted the book to be as good as it could be and I had a really good editor slash publisher who gave just superb advice so I yeah I I cut things out that were not germane to the whole Mm -hmm. thing well and you did a good job I think even with things being kind of boiled down in those short stories you still had this sense of the overall overall story like they flowed Mm -hmm. together really well and you still got those themes throughout each one so I'm yeah I just really loved that Rachel, I'm a little curious too, if there were any of those stories that really stood out to you or any that you hadn't heard before or that were surprising to you. Um, Uh, Lots of the stories that I had not heard before, definitely some that stood out. 
one of the stories that I just, I love is the story of my mom going to her aunt Florence's house. And um, that one I had heard before. And I loved hearing that story as a child. She gets to dress up and her aunt Florence treats her like an adult. Her aunt Florence is very fancy and lovely and has this beautiful tea. And it, my mom gets, gets to the table and there's or milk and lemon. And you're going to choose if you want to put milk or lemon in your tea. And my mom as a little girl wants both because they both look so beautiful and so delicious. And Aunt Florence says, you need to choose. And my mom says she wants both. And so Aunt Florence <laughs> says, okay. And she spoils her teeth because the lemon curdles the milk in the tea. And my mom says she learns that you can make the wrong choice and not be um, shamed for it, which is such a, such a beautiful lesson, but it's also just funny because obviously like, of course she wants both. They look so beautiful and delicious and <laughs> then it's just awful. So it's like this beautiful little moment, but it's also just like a little girl that just wants both beautiful things. And so I just, I love that story. And I remember my mom telling me about her aunt Florence who always had a new pink Cadillac just, I don't know, just like what a lovely person who is one of the heroes in my mom's story, because she's somebody that was nurturing and loving to my mom. And her home was this beautiful safe haven to my mom. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple women in my mom's story whose homes were safe havens to her. And they're, they're the heroes of my mom's story, along with my mom, who's yeah. to me, the hero, um, <laughs> obviously, but <laughs> that these women like Vera and like Francis yeah. and like Aunt Florence are these women who throughout my mom's childhood were safe havens for her and nurtured her and loved her well. And I'm just really grateful for their, the impressions that they made on her and their inclusions in her story. And then obviously the ways that they loved her well became markers in her life. And I'm really grateful for them. Yeah, the way that someone can speak into your life, no matter what kind of pain or vortex is going on, that you can still have these people who can show you something different and something, mm -hmm. show you some love in there. Like that was just a beautiful theme, I think, in the story for sure. Yeah, and I'll just say, um, you asked me about the vignettes and the, and the structure. Um, I don't think I knew any other way to do it. Mm. I had never written before. And, um, and you know, when I was, as I said, I used to read memoirs, I still do. And I would find myself just writing little memories of my own. So that's how I started the book. And I didn't really know any other way to finish it. I love that. And that's sometimes it's just, it's how it comes out. And like, that's what's great about memoirs. The <laughs> form is pretty much your own to play with it doesn't even have to go chronologically which this one I don't know if the intention was ever to be chronological but it it doesn't right it it does go back and forth in time a and bit. that's tricky yeah that's tricky I mean it's pretty hard to do it exactly chronologically yes. well so. and it works so well like and even Thank even you. again the music setting it in time you never got confused I think about the times in which 
it was like the mm. different stories were occurring. They felt like they all jived together in the sections that they were in. And I think realizing that memoir, whatever the form ends of sh taking shape as, like it's it's kind of a puzzle piece that you put together and just see what fits. Yeah, it really is. You mentioned taking a memoir class. What was that like, or how was that experience for you? I was great. Um, the teacher is Susan Pullman, and she mm -hmm. lives in Scottsdale, and um, she still offers some writing and editing courses, I think. And uh, she does Phoenix Writers Network, okay. which is something you could look up. She offers an event every six or eight weeks. But anyway, um, cool. yeah, she did different things like, oh, different ways to do prompts in class. And it, the class was in her kitchen at her home. We all sat around kitchen to table and it was just very comfortable and yeah. relaxed. And we had mm. coffee and mm. usually cookies or something, <laughs> or something. And it just did different prompts and would share our little pieces with each other for critique, but it was mostly just very in an encouraging experience. That's so important, especially with memoir, because it can be scary to tell your own story and to dig into your own past like that. Absolutely, absolutely. And she did, she would, one week we would do setting and one week we would do dialogue and mm. she broke it down. Mm. She's a good teacher. Do you mind if I read um, one of the quotes at the beginning of the book um, that you had included? For the more haunted among us, only looking back at the past can permit it finally to become past. By Mary Carr, it's the art of memoir. One, I think memoir is, it can be so, um, I think, freeing because it invites other people to also look at their own pasts as well. But from the act of kind of looking back over your past, the therapeutic side of it, did you find it um, as you went through kind of healing in that way as you re-experienced these stories? I definitely found the whole experience of writing this book very healing. At the same time, it, healing, <laughs> as yeah. we all know, is pretty painful. Yeah. Um, I'll just say that the year of editing, I'd have to read through the whole book many mm -hmm. times, yeah. the whole book. And each time it was pretty exhausting mm -hmm. and it really, uh, uh, it was hard. It yeah. was, um, it was pretty hard, but it was healing and I'm really glad I did it. And I'm glad that I faced any fears that I, I would encounter along the way. Mm -hmm. Of what are people going to think? Um, yeah. You know, the content, the writing, <laughs> you know, that's scary too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, well, and mentioning that fear leads me to another question I had. And especially since we have both you and your daughter here and Rachel here, I know for myself and for a lot of people, like some of the hesitation with writing memoir or sharing personal stories is what are, what's my family going to say? Yeah. Like even more than just like, what's anyone going to say? Like, what's my family going to think of this? And I'm just curious, like, did you face that? How, what was that like for you? Did you wonder what your kids would think about it? Um, were you nervous about giving it to them? Yeah, because, you know, I really, I really wrote this primarily for my four children. 
because mm-hmm. I wanted them to know their mom's story. And, and I have seen the tendency that we all have as far as not asking our parents and grandparents questions, yeah. not writing things down, yeah. and then they're gone and we don't yeah. know. I wanted them to know my story. So, but yeah, I was really worried about what they would think of me and, you know, if, if anybody was going to be hurt. I was that, that's the thing. You yeah. don't want anybody to be hurt. So I checked in with a cousin just to kind of make sure I was telling it right. And I did my best to try to present objectively my, my parents and other family members, but it's a, it's a kind of a dark story and there's no getting around that. And if you're going to tell it, you have to tell it right. So again, you got to weigh all these things. And, and I, I left out some, some things that would have been maybe too much, Mm. too much information that the reader didn't have to know. Yeah. Memoir is, uh, it's tricky, but it's the only kind of writing I want to do. Yeah. Also really powerful. And like, Rachel, I think you were saying that having that story is so powerful to you. Do you, do you want to talk at all about your experience? Like when you first read it and connected with it? Yeah, well, it's such a gift, you know, and it's such a brave thing to write something that um, you're not so sure is going to be such an easy story to write. It takes a little bit more to do that than maybe to write the Mary Sunshine story. Mm-hmm. And that's the story that might change someone's life. Absolutely. It might be a ways down the line that that happens and you might not see the fruit of that, but either way, like it's, it's the story of somebody that I love that I get to have in her words. And so that's a huge gift. And so I'm really grateful for your courage, mom. I'm really proud of you. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel was my first reader. (laughs) I was was just going to ask if she got to read it before (laughs) She was my first reader and um, just so encouraging, so loving and dear. So it encouraged me to, to keep going. I, I showed it to her before I was anywhere near finished. And uh, it encouraged me to finish it up. For me, Rachel, you were saying, you know, that power and hearing, hearing stories, truthful stories of your your parents, their mm-hmm. experiences from their mouth, <laughs> especially when, when it's something important to understand, I think, to understand what the experience and kind of the, what your family has been like. I think for me, as I was reading it, I, I was just so moved, Amy, that you were willing to share that side. Sometimes there's a hesitancy to to share those darker harder stories to share and it was it moved me very much as I read it just having that honest look and even from a seeing your example of looking at your past I think that can be encouraging was to me as a reader as I do my own like journaling that it's okay like it's okay to to embrace those harder things. It was very powerful for my experience. 
Thank you, Laura. Something I really loved in it too is this, um, like it is your story, but it also felt like a story that was much bigger than just your story, like the story of a family really, and a, a family legacy, which I think is really powerful. And I think you did a really good job of telling that honestly and truthfully in a way that felt objective, but also in a way that felt compassionate, I mm-hmm. guess is maybe the right word. Yeah. Like the, these are dark stories and you your family clearly had a history of, of a problem with alcohol and this culture mm-hmm. of alcohol. And, and yet, even in that, there were these little moments of, um, like, you just did a good job of making your family feel like, like whole people too. Um, mm-hmm. And people that I could tell you hurt for and felt compassion for. I'm so glad because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, you know, we're complex. <laughs> we're all so complex. <laughs> It's uh, none of us is all good or all bad. It's such a cliche, but it's the way we are. So there's a lot of good in my parents. I I wanted to bring out some of that at least and and give a a whole round picture. That's so important, I think, with memoir. And it can be hard um, to find that balance. I think that's. And I think that can take years. I think that's one of the things that I appreciated the most because I didn't get to know either of my grandparents very well is getting these glimpses. Like I think about that mental picture, that image of um, my grandfather driving to the vet with the chicken in the car. <laughs> like, like what a picture, you know? <laughs> or the the kindness and, and the love of like getting home from working all day and then making dinner, you know, while my grandmother was in the, the hospital and having the three kids and going to the grocery and, you know, um, just, just all of these kinds of things. Like, like that's what a dad does. What else are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to make dinner. That's just, that's what you do. But it, it does, it gives you a whole picture of a whole person who, um, you know, loved his family and, and had, you know, all of these wonderful things and also all of these difficult things. That's a whole person. And so that's the other part of the gift is getting to see some people that I didn't get to know. And so I'm really grateful for that too. Amy, I have a question for you. Um, (laughs) Do you have any advice for anyone else who wants to share their story? Just advice about where to start or what helped you or just anything that comes to mind really? I think start anywhere. I think write down everything, write down everything that you think of whenever you think of it. And expect to give yourself a couple of years before you start trying to put it together into chapters mm. in a book. So just just start writing. Just write mm. everything down and don't filter. Don't correct. Plenty of time for that. So I think as you write, more things will come to your mind, to mm. your memory. I love that. And Rachel, I know you were you were talking about how you've you've read memoirs for, you know, for a long time as well. Do you want to talk at all about um, what memoir kind of means to you and how you use that even in, as you read it um, as a reader? Oh, I just love getting to know somebody in the words they picked. It just feels like the, the best way to get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any favorite memoirs, memoirs, Rachel, apart from your mom's, of course. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously. I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, 
I, gosh, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> I love Joan Didion and I'm so mm. sad that we just lost her. Yeah. Sorry. That's such a bummer answer. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> not. Um, are there any specific of Joan's that you are thinking um, of? Or? Well, I love the year of magical thinking. That mm. was my favorite. Nice. I'm just now like I- stepping a toe into memoir. I feel but we, we started by reading, um, I know where the cage bird sings and, oh. and it, what I found amazing um, as I was reading that and then reading this, like, it's amazing how when you read someone's story, you can find both differences and then intersections, ways oh, in yes. which you, you read something and you say, oh, that, like, that reflects my own experience in a way. Oh. And so it both kind of builds and breeds empathy but also can kind of remind you you know take your hand and remind me that you're not alone like Mm -hmm. you're you're not alone in that experience and that's been just so powerful um in reading amy your memoir there were several times when i was reading it and i just i felt that that connection of those words could be coming out of my mouth because I get that on a, a fundamental level. And um, I just greatly appreciate, as Rachel said, your bravery and in putting this out there, your courage um, is, is such a powerful story. You made me cry multiple times. <laughs> in here. I definitely cry. Well, thank you. It's a thank beautiful you. story. Yeah, well, thank you both for joining us. And we really appreciate it. And again, the story is Out of the Vortex by Amy Whitehouse. We hope you check it out. And it's just a beautiful memoir. So thank you, Amy, for writing it. And both of you, thank you for being here with us and talking with us. Thank you so much. This was fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 